You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour number two. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960 The Fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. At the bottom of the hour, Calgary Flames forward Blake Coleman will join us. That's exciting. At the top of the next hour, NHL legend Stanley Cup champion Tim Hunter will join us to Back-to-back Calgary Flames action for you on a Thursday of Stampede. You're welcome, 960 The Fan listeners. Uh, We're also giving away a pair of tickets to the Badlands Music Festival Friday and Saturday. Rick Ross and Tyga on Friday. Dead Mouse on Saturday. Um, 960, 960, name and location. Uh, Shoot us a text. Give us your uh, Stampede work shenanigans story. Something that happened at the Stampede work party that either you or someone else did that maybe you weren't particularly proud of. 960, 960, name and location. Now, but why really, do you ask that question? I'm, see, I'm really proud of our our, uh, our man, Eric Francis, who's in studio again. Uh, we, we threw it around this week. I, I threw it around. I don't even know how. Oh, I know how it came up. I saw the photo of you in your cowboy gear with a just a bevy, a plethora of uh, rum and cokes in front of you. And I asked you, uh, you think you could drink 25 rum and Cokes in a day? And you're like, oh, that's crazy. That's impossible. Like, why would I even want to do that? But last night, it started at 2 o'clock. It started on your left arm with a pen. Yeah. And uh, you accomplished your goal last night. I'm very proud of you. Uh, At around 10.30 Calgary time, (laughs) the 24th and 25th uh, beverage was consumed. And you hit your goal. Like, out of all the things you've accomplished in your, in your career, okay. you're, you're, you've gotten married. Yeah. You're a dad. You have a very distinguished broadcasting career. You've been on Hockey Night in Canada. You've been on Sportsnet. You're very kind. Was last night the pinnacle of your life? Yeah. You know, I, I was thinking about this uh, on my way in. Uh, yeah. In an Uber, by the way. No. <laughs> I thought, you know what? Maybe not. It's probably best you know what? to That's just very responsible take an Uber the next day. Uh, I, I, I would say this, if, if my children were to ask me about these allegations yeah, and I would say, I, I'm neither, I'm neither proud nor am I embarrassed yeah. by what happened last night. Yeah. I, I, when I say what happened, nothing untowards happened. We no. Just, we went out and stampeded. Yeah. That's what and, we did. And, and we put in a 10 hour shift, yeah. which is not uncommon, not unheard of. Right. But I can tell you that personally, like I've never counted how many drinks I've had in a night. Yeah. That's juvenile. Right. Like extremely juvenile. Yeah. But you had thrown it out there. If there's one thing that this show is, it's juvenile. Yes. But anyway. Yeah, you've converted me yep. this week. And and I will say that jo- Joey Chestnut, I think. He was an inspiration I, to you. I, I think I would be remiss if I didn't at least tip my cap to him and say, you know what? If 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 there are people in this world who are setting goals and achieving them. Yeah. He's a guy that I think I was inspired by by our chat with him yesterday. Yeah, and you know I, I think everybody in Calgary was inspired. Yeah, by that's what well, Joey Chestnut. People were coming yesterday. up to us last night at Wild Horse. Yes, and and they commenting were. on that. they were they were loving it. Yeah, they were loving that interview. I love that interview. Yeah, I since followed up with his agent. Well, I was about to ask you: Are you okay with sharing some of some of what you what you after the show yesterday? Yeah, I'll what share happened? That. Okay, I thought. Right at the end of the show, I said, why wouldn't we have him out to the Pizza Pig Out? 21st Annual is coming out this fall. Yep. And we're always looking to spice it up some way or another. Sure. Why not have Joey Chestnut come and just crush? Like slices of pizza. Yeah, like how many? So 
I talked to him. He said, those, those two dates that you're thinking about, Eric, they work. I could come to Calgary. I would love to come to Calgary. Wow. Here's my agent's number. Of course he has an agent. He's Joey Flippin' Chestnut. Oh, I, I never doubted that. Like, my initial email to him was, can you put me in touch with your representation? Yes. I apologize for my voice, by the no, way. That's okay. I'm Yelly Man in the bar, as you may have noticed last no, night. No, again. People need to hear what I have to say. You're a big personality, and, and you, you light up a room, Eric Francis. Oh, oh, whatever. So <laughs> I touch base with the agent. Yeah. What do you think? It would, well, you, I told you last night. Right. Like I, It was exactly the number I thought. Yeah. It's not, it's not crazy, but it's what you think it would be to bring Joey Chestnut to your event. Ten thousand U.S. plus his flying expenses and his yep. hotel. Okay, I think that's reasonable for a guy like Joey Chestnut. And the thing is about Joey Chestnut, like we can laugh and we can poke fun and we can talk about that. If there's a guy in in our society right now that everybody would know who you're talking about. It's that guy. Yeah. Even if they don't know his name, oh, the guy who eats all the hot dogs? Yeah. Like, right away, Boom. people know who he is. Yeah. The guy's literally, he's he's world famous. Like, that's who he is. Well, he's the goat. He is. And it's not something many people grow up wanting to do, yeah. but he decided to do that. Yeah. And he has been better than anyone in the history of the world. Yeah, we all it. eat. Turns and he's out. the fastest eater in on the planet, maybe of all time. Yeah. And and it also inspired me, like, in the midst of last night's mayhem. Yes. My next goal, yeah, a la Joey Chestnut, how many tater tots could I eat? Mm. They were serving tater tots last night I at had Wild some Horse. Of those. Yep. Weren't those delicious? They like, were fantastic. Has anybody ever had a bad tater tot? Yeah. And they had a nice crispy tray of them. Mm-hmm. And I, I could have eaten every single one of them. I decided to share with three other people. Right. It was the, it was the stampede thing to do. Sure. But uh, amazing. Yeah. So, and right now I'm so hungry. And, and I'm dying. Does anybody here ever go for like a Timmy's run? Yeah, I could we, try to crush maybe 50 Timbits. Right now? Right now. <laughs> like Joey Chestnut styles? Yes. Uh, our intern Would will you partake? Be in, uh, yeah, I'll have some Timbits right now. Well, are we going to put a number on it? Like how many we think um, we can eat? Is this a terrible idea? Is this a worse idea than like the one I, you threw at me? There's no doubt I could easily eat 25 Timbits probably in 10 That's minutes. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. So would that be a terrible idea if right now we ordered a 50 pack? Like a 50 pack? And just crush them. Yeah, because there's still some leftover stuff from last night. Sure. Um, yeah. I uh, I was proud of you. I think we had a lot of fun. Oh, and you're right. I was night. proud of our Joey Chestnut interview. I think if there's one thing we can take away from this week of doing shows together, we'll yeah. always have that interview. Yeah. It'll be for if if they if if Sportsnet nine sixty in years and if all this sports radio if it just w- went away and never came back, we should put that Joey Chestnut in a time capsule for future generations to listen to. Yeah. The pinnacle of journalism. Yeah. I kept thinking of Leslie Stahl, you know, these people from Peter sixty Mansbridge. minutes. Yeah. yeah. Who would craft the perfect interview. Yeah. But to craft the perfect interview, you Barbara need, Walters. You need the perfect interviewee. Yeah. Like the, the perfect subject. Yeah. And Joey provided that because not only is he the goat, his attitude is phenomenal. Yeah. Like I, I honestly thought he'd be like, Yeah, mail it in. Like he's done a hundred of these interviews, thousands of these interviews. Yeah. And people poke fun of him. We weren't poking fun of him. No. We were respectful. We were. Leslie Stahl. Yeah. The question Ed uh, Bradley. When I asked him, I go, um, Novak Djokovic has has credited Rafa Nadal <laughs> and Roger Federer for his greatness. 
And when I asked him, um, do you credit Kobayashi for your greatness? I I almost lost it. Like, I, I kept it together. Yeah, though. you did. I tried to sound as professional as possible asking those questions, especially when I was asking about bowel movements. Yeah, you really wanted to get deep into that. But, but that's the thing. Our listeners wanted to know. Well, Patrick Googled it afterwards. Yeah. And there was an article on exactly what happens to him bowel movement-wise afterwards. Yeah. yeah. I, I didn't read it. No. I won't read it. No, you don't have to. I'm not sure why someone would write that, but he told there us. is interest. He told us. It's it's uh it's it's quite the thing after. My takeaway from what he said there was it comes in waves. <laughs> that that really disturbed me. But it was Yeah. It was it was probably I, quite accurate. I, I if if in fact that if all the uh, stars align and he comes for the twenty first annual pizza pig out and we have Joey Chestnut there. Yeah. I, I think I think it could be the biggest one ever, Eric. Could be. And I and think a lot of people ones. would love to see that guy hammer slices of pizza live. And I think it's also interesting to break it down for people. So he gets char- he charges X amount to show up. Yep. Six grand US to show up. If it's just a meet and greet, I think it's two grand. Or, yeah. or if he's judging something, it's just two grand. If he's gonna do an eating contest, that's an extra four grand. Yeah. If it's if it's an eating contest that's over four minutes, like they decide, I can just imagine this high level meeting between yeah. Chestnut and his potential representation, <laughs> right. and they're like, "How are we going to break this down?" Well, the four minute bar- barrier is like very Newport important. Sports is like yeah. really hammering down. Yeah, Papri Sons right there going, "Whoa, four minutes and one second. Yeah, that costs you way much. You more double money. that. Yeah, you want social media? Yep. Then that's even more. Mm-hmm. It just adds on. It's like a a la carte menu. Yeah. So we're but gonna I have think- to. I think, again, I think people in this city would would flock to see Joey Chestnut eat pizza and see that guy live in person. And it would be a four-minute eating contest. Yeah. And I think I would bring back past eating champions from the pig out. Yeah. Marco Carducci, he's won it twice from the Cavalry. Yeah. He would be coming in hot. Yeah. And and a bunch of others. And and maybe we combine all their slices, six or seven people, versus Joey. Wow. Is that too much? I think seven people could out eat Joey Chestnut. Oh, you're throwing down the gauntlet. I don't think Joey would be too happy to hear you say that. Because if you're having seven people, let's even say six people, eating slices of pizza in four minutes, how many each could six people do? Let's say they could each eat four. Yeah. Maybe five. Could Joey, yeah, Joey Chestnut could probably eat 30 slices of pizza in four minutes. I don't know. Could he? uh, Well, as we talked about yesterday, you know, with this. Now I gotta look it if up. If it's Chicago time. deep dish, yeah, then, right, then yeah, it's different for everyone. It's yeah. it's a level playing field, as long as you don't have a guy eating a New York style versus a Chicago style. That's that's a that's right. cheating. Okay, here we. Go. Okay, I just looked it up. Forty-five slices in ten minutes for Joey Chestnut. Wow. <laughs> Does it say if they're New York like thin? Uh, well, probably. Well, yeah, they're probably because this is from the New York uh, Daily. Yeah, forty-five slices. Yeah. yeah, it was New York style pizza. Okay, still greasy, That's important, right? Yeah, forty-five slices in ten minutes. And does he dunk those? Like in he would? Yeah, like yeah. He, I, I'd imagine he does because, like, that's the thing, right? It has to be easier to ingest. Like, does he? I think he does everything with water. Yeah, there's does cans he? of water. Yeah, there's there's cups of water in this photo I'm watching while he's hammering the pizza yeah. slices down. So that's something you'd have to talk to his representation of Joey himself. Like, like how, how much water do I need yeah. to have in cups for you to put these pizzas down? His rider. Yeah. His rider. <laughs> so there you go. Oh, so okay, half okay. of that, half of that, right? 
would probably be at least 25 slices in four minutes, I would say. Yeah. Around there, ballpark. Depending on how he's feeling. Yeah, you're right. You know? Maybe so. he's not training for it. Maybe he's just going to do it, and he just has an appetite. Anyway. He can hammer it down. We'd do it for the kids. Absolutely. Uh, doing it for the kids. A um, couple things I want to talk to you about before uh, we get to Blake Coleman. Excited for him to join us at 730. Um, the NBA Summer League's a thing. Like, it's become a thing. Uh, it's popular. It is very popular. Uh, I think it really helps that it's in Vegas. And uh, the league likes to go to Vegas and party it up. And we see the number one overall pick, Victor Wembanyama, play a couple games. Everybody's looking at Summer League. Raptors stink in Summer League. People are upset about that. It's absolutely meaningless. But why don't we have, like, an NHL Summer League? And I kind of threw this out idea with, <laughs> with Patrick Dumas. If you had all the top prospects, and I know they do these, like, with a couple teams or three teams. But if we did this, let's say in this in this province, you had the Kraken, the the Flames, um, the Oilers, and the Jets, and they played in Edmonton. They had a little tournament. I know they do these, but it's kind of like a summer league tournament. You think there'd be interest in that? Would I love people that want you, to watch that. I love that you just forgot about Vancouver. Oh, sorry, the Canucks. No, too. I like that. It's okay. I don't. All need, five. We teams. don't need them there. Okay, all five teams. Yeah, I did totally forget about the Canucks. That's great. Again, it's easy to forget about them. Oh too, yeah, because oh, yeah. They, they're such in the mushy middle oh, of the NHL. Yeah, yeah. And they would say the same about Calgary. They but absolutely way, it's would. Okay. Yeah, it's, okay. it's, it's the same thing. It's the Spider-Man meme. Um, all five of those teams <laughs> in, in little tournament. Would you Would you watch that? You think there'd be an appetite for that? No, not a, not a, not at all. Like not a chance. Like. Like we have, they have that thing in Penticton every year. This year we're going back to Penticton, yeah. where it's, I believe there are four teams, yeah, and uh, no one has ever been interested in that ever, yeah. other than the people of Penticton, right? And and I'm going out to it this year because we got all these prospects, and you know, there, there's interest in just seeing who stands out. That's about the end of it. Yeah, nobody cares about the score, like the tournament. You couldn't lift a cup at the end and go, yeah, we won this D League Cup. Yeah, we won the D Cup. <laughs> no one says that. Yeah. So, uh, no, I don't think there'd be any interest at all. Like, <clears throat> I will say this. Do you remember, you're younger than I am, but do you remember on Hockey Night in Canada, in between periods, you used to have shootout? You don't remember that? No, I don't remember that. No, that's a little before my time. And they, they had, they take the best, the biggest stars of the game and they'd do all these little events and, and it would, it would go week to week, but they'd film it all in the summer over like two days, but then. They'd show it over the course of the winter. Oh, okay. All year long, which you be, can't do now because we know the results already be all over social media. For sure, right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. But it would that was interesting just because it was superstars, you know, shooting targets and doing running the gauntlet on the ice and doing all these different things. So, but I, I, I don't think that there's, I don't think there's interest. Well, look at the World Juniors when they played in the summer. Nobody cared. Yeah. Till maybe the gold medal game. Well, I'm, I shouldn't speak for that. There's a huge pe- number of people that follow everything to do with the World Juniors. I'm not yeah. necessarily one of them. I'm not a huge World Junior. No, me neither. Either. But anyway, in this and, and, at and Christmas, it's it fits. Yeah, and credit to the three letter network for making it what it is. Because I remember as oh, a kid, for sure, they've done a great job. Yeah, I remember watching it as a kid. My World Juniors was like watching it on grainy CBC in an empty arena in the Czech Republic when, when they Canada's turned the lights played. out. Yeah, like that that's what I remember as a kid watching it before the three letter network yeah. you know turned it into what it is and credit for them totally. because essentially like the rest of the world really doesn't care about the world juniors really like nope. we care about the world juniors and that's fine because it's an incredible tournament and it showcases the up and coming stars of the NHL but it just goes to show that I talk about NBA Summer League which is a thing and you say nobody watched the NHL and I kind of agree with you like, how haven't we had a best on best here in hockey in so many years has actually been? Yeah, meaningful. that is a real failure. 
uh, by the like com- how, like, by everybody. Like again, it's such a. Why aren't we watching? Like you watch the roster Team USA has right now. If they played, you know, a team with McDavid and McKinnon and Crosby, and why don't we have this going on yeah. right now? What 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 is the holdup? And is there anything even remotely? And you would know better than I would just by talking to people in and around the game. It feels like there's nothing even on the horizon for this that's legitimately nailed down. Agreed. That you know, I love the World Cup of Hockey, and that's basically an extension of the Canada Cup. Yeah, and I was there in '87 in Hamilton. I remember Lemieux watching that as a that kid. Goal. I was there, 18 years old, 17 years old, like one of the probably the pinnacle of my life as a sports fan. Yeah, not as a journalist, but as a fan. Like you're there, and Canada scores. I would argue that's every bit as. I don't know if it's every bit as I can't argue that it's it was as, your as Paul Henderson goal. moment. It was my Paul Henderson moment. Yeah, like exactly. again, like it's a lot of people look at all these gold medal games and like they have their moments. Like I remember as a kid watching that. Obviously, older listeners remember uh, seventy-two and Henry, and I know what that meant and it politically. Meant more, yeah, 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 yeah. I get what what that meant. You had uh, the Lemieux goal from Gretzky. I think I had the Joe Sackett goal after the just crippling disappointment in '98 uh, in Nagano, how that thing went down, and then in '02 when they finally you know won the gold medal fifty years to the day mm-hmm. on American soil, the loony buried at center ice, yeah. just an incredible story. And poor Ian Leggett winning his only uh, PGA Tour event on that day, and completely <laughs> overshadowed, <laughs> completely <laughs> overshadowed what happened in Salt Lake for Ken in the Olympics. How many of our listeners? I know Maddie and Patrick, 2010, the golden goal was Sidney Crosby. Yep. Was there a moment? But how, what? What again? I I I'm I'm a guy who wants to see it at the Olympics. I yeah. think that's the tournament we need to bring back because yeah, obviously in in 14 when Canada won it when they just just choked the the life out of the game with Mike Bab- Babcock behind yeah. the bench and Carey Price and that it was very anticlimactic how Canada you just couldn't score on them because their team was so deep and they went and went to the gold medal and won the gold medal. Now I think it would be incredible hockey. I do too. And, I, and we I, don't have anything even close. Well, and I would argue with so many people over the years, like everyone's like, it's got to be at the Olympics. It's got to be at the Olympics. I, I could care less if it's at the Olympics. I actually prefer the Canada Cup tournament. In the, the summer. The problem is it's in the summer. That's yeah. the problem. And that's the, the only knock that I will agree with people on is guys aren't in their peak physical form. Yeah. But, but these I, days, but these days. It's different athletes, now. Yeah. That's right. These days, these athletes come into camp. They're in the best shape that they're going to be in yeah. at camp. By mid-season or Christmas, or by where the Olympics would be played after Christmas, these guys are so banged up, and mm-hmm. you'd be missing stars because they'd be injured. Right. So September's know, the perfect time to it, do it. it Late really August, is. early September. And what a way to, you know, again, so short-sighted of the NHL to not make this happen in some way over the years. You know, what a way to kick off the NHL season. Yeah. To get people excited about, oh Especially my. when you have the product on ESPN and TNT. Like, even have it, you know, late August, you start it right before the football season. I know college football is so massive in the United States, but even didn't have that late August just before the NFL season is about to kick off. Yep. That window of late August before the uh, Thursday after Labor Day, you have that tournament in that window before the NFL kicks off. Yep. Like people would watch that tournament. Oh, yeah. And if there's one thing Americans like is cheering for America. And they think internationally because of the miracle on ice. And that was part of the whole thing around O2 in Salt Lake. They love watching... Their team, like Team USA, ice hockey wise, even in even in the Olympics, like the shoot they had way back when with TJ Oshie, yep. that that was like that was news making. People want to see it. Austin Matthews, to me, for some ridiculous reason, isn't as big of a star in the United States as he should be. 
mm-hmm. the guy's of Mexican descent who grew up in the desert and plays for the biggest team in the NHL. And p- probably Americans have no idea who this guy is. And his story is so incredible. And then at least they get to tell that story on the international stage. Not that that matters for us here in Canada and more specifically in Calgary, but just to grow the game as a whole, mm-hmm. it's criminal how underappreciated that guy is in the United States. That's That's well put, you know. He's going to have to go deep into the playoffs before he really yeah. gets the notoriety. In but the if he scores side. the winning goal to beat Canada in a World Cup, yeah. people will notice. Mm-hmm. And we're we're at the point now because, like you said, there's nothing concrete, you know, in nothing in stone for the next tournament, whether it's the Canada Cup or World Cup of Hockey or whatever the league wants to brand it as. And they can make a ton of money off this if they do it themselves yeah. and do it right. Um, we're running out of time for Sidney Crosby, like. If this tournament's in two years from now, yeah, is Sidney Crosby good enough to make the team? I hate to count him out and say no, but he may not be. So yeah. we've missed we've missed an error. We've never seen Connor McDavid play best on best. Yeah, he was only in the um well, that incredible uh, North American team. Team North? No, was he on? Yeah, oh, he was. Yeah, he was with the Young Guns or whatever they. Yeah, call Team them, North yeah. America. Yeah, and which by is the way, by the way, I always said from day one, I thought that was a genius idea. Yeah. And it proved to be that. But everybody thought it was hokey. Go watch that Sweden-North American game. One of the greatest games I ever saw in my life. Yeah. That game. I'm glad you remember that. And see, those are things we do remember. Yeah, because we need a best-on-best best tournament. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. get it done. It, like, it so get good. your stuff together. Like, it's so frustrating. It really is. Like, the double IHF, uh, the World Cup, whatever, the players. Like, get it done late August, early September. To me, this is... it has. It's a no-brainer. It, it, Forget that hey, everybody in hockey deserves some blame for not making this happen, including like the Olympic, the IOC, you know, for their stance on all of it. But at the end of the day, I'm sorry, but this is the NHL is is chiefly responsible for this not happening. Yeah. And, you know, I'm a big supporter of Gary Batman's. I really am. And I know I'm in the minority, but that is a, a major failure in his tenure as commissioner. Uh, I, I I agree that we need a best-on-best best tournament. Uh, before we get to the break and talk to uh, Blake Coleman coming up here, um, I saw uh, this morning uh, there's a specific burger that Burger King is selling in Thailand that I want to get your opinion on, that you would actually try. You love your food, eh? Yeah, I, I want these, but these things we can people can relate to. Are you are you a cheese guy? Do you like cheese? Oh, who doesn't? Well, lactose intolerant people. Don't I guess, like it, I yeah, guess, I guess they don't like that. I love cheese, of course. Uh, like, how much do you like? Really love cheese? Do you love cheese so much that you would try this burger out in Thailand? In Thailand, they're selling a real cheeseburger that consists all it is is two buns between twenty slices of cheese. <laughs> That's what it looks like. I'm showing to you right now. Yeah, There's a burger. That. It's got the burger, the Burger King with the sesame seed bun much like they do with the Whopper. And then there's just hammering 20 slices of cheese in the middle. 20. And it goes for around 310 American dollars. And that's what that thing looks like. Like everybody who likes cheese loves a grilled cheese. Yeah. But that's not even grilled. No. It doesn't even look like it's warmed up, the cheese. Yeah. I, you, Joey talked about after an eating contest how... The bowel movements come in waves. Yeah. <laughs> what would that do to you? Right. Just just picture like twenty craft singles between two buns. You could probably That's make this terrible. at home. Yeah. I, well, it, it was probably invented by a, a six year old. Yeah. 
who was really hungry, <laughs> grabbed two buns. Or some drunk dude who all yeah. he had in his fridge yeah. was bread and cheese slices. Some loser who drank 25 drinks at yeah. the Stampede. <laughs> yeah, and kept track of it. And then came home. And then did it. And just took the whole block. Uh, instead of, you know, going through the, you know, when we get the, the craft slices, we don't get them in the individual wrapped, you know, yeah. like that. We get that block, and then you yeah. gotta, you gotta, you gotta get and, and a little right piece in there. of paper in between. No, no, the ones that we've been, my, I don't know, my, my my wife buys. Yeah, there's no paper in between. Okay, even. you just gotta thin, just kind of get in there with a knife or your finger and just kind of separate them all. Yeah, forget that. Just slap the whole brick down <laughs> and sell it for three ten. And just slap two pieces of bread in the middle, and there you go. That's in Thailand. Yeah, I'm not. It looks delicious. It. It, hey, to each his own, but yeah. That does not look delicious to me. And I'm starving right now. Yeah. Where are those Timbits? Where is the intern? Where is the intern? Is he on his way? Is he on the way, Cam? I think so. He should be. All right. Um, I, 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 at this point, I don't think he's coming in. Are you calling that? I can I can work on some Timbit acquisition here. Has he got the stampede flu, the yeah, intern? He might have the stampede flu. Uh, yeah, 50 Timbits. 50. Assorted. We'll make it happen. Okay. Oh. 5-0. You are big time, eh, George? You yeah. get, like, whatever you want. You just got to snap your fingers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then they make it happen. Especially on this radio station. Huge, huge star. Um, Straight to have Blake Coleman from the Calgary Flames. I, so, I don't want to get into it now because we're going to have him in just a couple minutes. But I ran into him uh, Thursday of Stampede, like the, the sneak-a-peak night yep. at the Cowboys poker tournament. <clears throat> and he was there on a stag. Mm. He'd never been to the Stampede before. And he... Him and his buddies had done Vegas and Nashville for all these other stags. Sorry for my voice again. It's okay. <clears throat> stampede. Um, and he said, well, I just threw to the boys like, hey, I hear this stampede is a ton of fun. I've never been, but yeah. you guys want to try it out? And they're like, okay. They all Googled it. All these Texans. Yeah. And uh, I just watched their face as they walked into Cowboys the nightclub. And and they they're like I think this is going to be a good weekend. So I wanted to follow up and see yeah. how the weekend was. I'm sure you can't get into all the details. Right. After all, it was a stag. But I'm I'm I think as a Calgarian, you're always proud when someone chooses Calgary. Yeah. To come and check out our stampede, or check Calgary out. Period. Like your brother did. Yeah. And and a guy like who he decided to sign here. Like he wanted to right. play for the Calgary There's Flames. There's a lot of layers to why I thought it'd be good to have him on. All right. Blake Coleman next. It's the big show. Rustic and Rose. No Rose. Francis. Sports at 960. The fan. You're listening to the big show with Rustic and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames. Sportsnet 960. The fan. The big show. Rustic and Rose. Sportsnet 960. The fan. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Maddie Rose on vacation. Eric Francis. In studio at the top of the next hour, Stanley Cup champion, NHL legend Tim Hunter will join us. But right now, on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, Calgary Flames forward, Blake Coleman. Blake, good morning. How are you? Hey, doing well. How you doing? We're good. Thanks for jumping on uh, today, Blake. Um, I'm a, uh, it's my first time at Stampede, even though you've been in the city now uh, a little bit, I believe, according to my man Eric Francis here, it's your first Stampede. Some of your um, some of your reaction to what you've seen in this city and what this city transforms into this party town for like ten days. How have you How have you dealt with Stampede? How have you enjoyed Stampede? Your thoughts, Blake Coleman. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. It's, uh, people people talk about it and, and tell you about it, but. It doesn't really 
do it justice. Um, you know, it was a lot of fun. It kind of took me back to to college days, just on steroids. And uh, you know, we tried to you know cover cover a lot of ground in a little time. And um, you know, it was just it was a lot of fun. You know, the city was alive. Um, I don't think I've seen that many people in that small of a spot uh, in my life. So uh, we enjoyed it. Um, with that said, I'm, I'm happy to be taking a breather now, but uh, it, was, it was a good time. <laughs> so when I ran into that Cowboys there on sneak a peek night, you just wandered in, you and, I don't know, I have a handful of your buddies for a stag. And where where did they come from? And what was the reaction when you said, hey, why don't we check out this stampede? Like, I'm sure they all had to Google it. <laughs> yeah, they're all, uh, everyone in my group was Chicago boys. So, um, you know, a good buddy of mine getting married. And um, we wanted to kind of do something different than the whole Vegas scene that we've done a few times. And, yeah. um, you know, I had heard good things about Stampede, so I threw it out there. And uh, to your point, they they all kind of, you know, put up a, a big fuss about what's, why Calgary, what's going on there. And, <laughs> and uh, after about after about 10 minutes of research, they were like, you know what? This sounds like a great idea. Let's do this. So, um, you know, they were they were great. They all wanted to check it out. And then now, uh, you know, at the end of the weekend, it sounded like they were all looking to buy houses up here. So uh, <laughs> you know, I, got, I might have some buddies moving up. <laughs> all right i'll hook you up with a real estate agent what what did you get up to when you were here did, did you take them to the rodeo or the chucks or was it just cowboys tents and what was the merriment all surrounding yeah a little bit of everything um you know we went to the rodeo uh which was actually amazing you know obviously i've i've been to the rodeo a little bit down here at fort worth um but i think it just kind of blew it out of the water it was it's pretty awesome. Uh, the boys loved it. Something different. And then, yeah, we checked out the chuck wagons. Um, you know, did a little friendly wagering together on those. Yeah, you have to. Um, so that was, that was a blast. And then we, um, yeah, we did the tents. We did the, you know, we did go to the nightlife. We saw the Dustin Lynch concert there. Um, you know, we did, uh, what else did we do? We saw some of that monster, monster show, the dirt bikes. We saw... Yeah, we did a lot of stuff on the ground as well. And then uh, on Saturday, we uh, kind of removed ourselves a little bit, took a, took a bus out to Banff, uh, played played Banff Springs out there and, and showed them kind of the other side of Calgary that you got to show people. And, um, you know, I think that obviously is always a highlight for people. Uh, Blake, did you have the full cowboy gear on? Is that when you he were did. rocking here the whole time? I saw. <laughs> I did. I Well, I did the cowboy hat obviously every day and then, uh, we did do to the rodeo. We wore Canadian toxes, uh, jean shorts, <laughs> jean tops, uh, boots. It was pretty ugly, but uh, <laughs> it's pretty we, ugly. Made a lot of eyes. We made a lot of comments. <laughs> jean shorts, really? You went with the jorts, like to the stampede with the, with oh, the cowboy was, boots? Oh yeah, it was a look. And you know what? I just like awesome for whatever reason. I I was like kind of thinking, oh, it'll be a lot of out-of-towners. People probably won't recognize me. I got like a hundred people that came up like, oh, dude, what an outfit, Coleman. I was like, oh, shoot. Oh, <laughs> now, were they cut so off good. jean shorts? And where do you determine where to cut off the jeans there, Blake? Like, how shorty shorts did you go here? You know what? We ordered them online, and <laughs> they were, uh, let's just say they were a lot tighter than they looked in the online photos. <laughs> so they were, they were... <laughs> 
They were quite a look. They were quite a look. Uh, when you get to town in the fall, I'm going to need to see a photo of that. Uh, <laughs> I'm surprised I haven't seen one online at, at any point in time, but that is great that you you wore the Canadian tuxedos. Uh, Calgary Tourism thanks you. Yeah. We thank you. Yeah, but like, no, but like, like, I know we're joking around. And we know that, again, it's my first MP2 and it's been a fantastic time. But like, Blake, after experiencing this, like, that's a big selling point for playing in this city. Like you, you said you were recognized in the party town that it is. Like, do you have like a now a different perspective on this city you chose to come to anyway? And now, like after what you've experienced here, like it, it, it's, it's a time, right? And, and I don't think a lot of guys and specifically American guys don't realize what it is like here. And is that potentially a selling point now that you'll kind of preach around the league and guys you kind of know who aren't here? Yeah, I mean, it definitely is. I mean, you know, it's kind of funny because I've, I've loved every minute we've been in Calgary and, um, you know, my wife loves it there. Uh, we've talked about how, how hard of a city it would be to leave. And, um, and then, you know, I got all my buddies coming in who same thing. They're kind of like, Oh, Calgary, I don't know. And they spent five days there. And, and by the end of it, they're all, you know, legitimately saying this is one of the best places they've ever been. And, you know, they'd, they'd love to live there. And, you know, I just, I just find that, um, you know, obviously to each their own and everybody's got things that make them tick, you know, in a, in a place that they want to live. But uh, Calgary just checks so many boxes. And then, you know, to have an event like Stampede is just kind of icing on the cake. But, um, yeah, I, I've, I've always been a big advocate for, for playing there and living there. And, um, you know, because I, I was the same way. I didn't think much of Calgary before ever stepping foot, you know, to live there. And, and now I've, I've really changed uh, kind of the way I see it. And, I think a lot of people would too. It's just, you know, people don't quite understand uh, kind of what a great city it is. Is it, is it tough for you? Cause I know it's tough for Calgarians to hear that, you know, players, it's tough to get players to come here and it's proving to be equally as hard to get them to stay here, especially if they're Americans. Is is that tough for you right now? Seeing, you know, what happened last year with a couple guys leaving and potentially a couple guys more, leaving this year when you know that this city does have a whole lot to offer? Yeah, it just kind of baffles me. I mean, I, I understand it. Um, for some, for certain guys, I get it, you know, and, and guys that have maybe, you know, spent their whole career here or guys that want to go home. Like I understand there's different sides of things. Um, you know, I just think there's such a lack of just, knowledge on on calgary um mm. you know whether it's just never being you know you come in that's how i was i came in the dead of winter a couple times and i went to the hotel and i went to the rink and that's all i saw and you know it's kind of like eh, i don't know like, there's not much there um but you know you you spend a week there and you really start to understand what a great city it is and um that it's not always freezing cold and it's you know there's just there's a lot of upside too and I think that's just more of the issue is that guys just don't quite understand until you're in it. Um, so that's why, you know, when I was doing my, you know, my process of where I wanted to go in free agency, I called guys that either grew up there or had played there for a while. And, and uh, everybody I talked to had amazing things to say and told me that, you know, I, I wouldn't regret that decision and my family would love it there. And, you know, they've been absolutely right. And I, as I recall, when, when you signed here, I mean, obviously the money's got to be right, and, and Calgary may or may not have been the highest bidder, but obviously they were right up there. And But but one of the appealing things for you as a Texan 
was to come here and live in wide open spaces, you know, like, you know, where not everybody's on top of each other housewise. So you can go out and live in a spring bank or wherever it might be and, and really spread your wings as a young family. Is it, do I have that right? I mean, the, it, the fact that it, you thought it might be a little bit like Texas in some ways was appealing to you. Yeah, and it is. It's really, there's a lot of resemblance, uh, especially the kind of like a Fort Worth vibe. And, you know, to me, it's, I mean, yeah, it's spread out. You can get some property. Um, you know, we're actually a little closer to the city now, and, and it's just a livability to me. Like, I can I can walk into downtown. I can walk through downtown easy. I can drive through downtown easy. Um, you know, you can park. You can find everything's just very easy. And and um, to me, that, that convenience of living is just really nice at this stage of life with, you know, two little kids and being able to take them places. You got, you got the zoo. You got things they can do. Um, even in the winter, you know, there's a lot of stuff to do. So, you know, that, that was really appealing. It's been a lot of fun. Um, you know, I think, you know, the other side that reminds me a lot of Texas is just, just really good people. You know, everyone's very respectful. Um, you know, I always tell people are very recognized in the community. Like everybody for the most part knows who you are, but they give you space. They're very respectful of you and your family when you're out together. Um, you know, if, if anything, it's just a, you know, keep up the good work real quick, kind of high sort of thing. And, um, you know, I think that's something that we really appreciate and, you know, something you don't get in a lot of Southern states or, or just U S markets in general. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a pretty cool spot to be. Calgary flames forward Blake Coleman joining us here on the Atlas pizza and sports bar. I guess hotline big show, Russick and Rose with Eric Francis Sportsnet nine sixty. The fan, um, Blake, we talk about it as media fans talk about it too, that maybe some guys just don't want to play in a Canadian market because of the attention. Is that something that gets talked about uh, amongst the guys in the league or no? I don't think so. I think, um, I mean, I'm sure there are guys that just want to live kind of the quiet life and, and just kind of fly under the radar. But I'd say if you're a competitor and, you know, and you want to win and you want to be on the biggest stage, you know, why wouldn't you want to be in Calgary or be in Canada in general? Um, you know, I think, you know, the real, real competitors, you know, want to be in the brightest lights and, and play under that microscope. And, you know, because it's one of those things where sure it can be, it can be a tough market if you're not playing well and you're not doing what you need to do. But, you know, on the flip side of that, it can be really rewarding to be playing really good hockey in a, in a great hockey market where people appreciate the game, appreciate what you're doing and, um, you know, it's one of those things again to each their own. But you know, if you're if you're a competitor and you want that that kind of uh, you know career, I don't know why you wouldn't want to play in front of that type of market. Um, you know, obviously there's other factors the guys take in, whether it's taxes or you know, um, yeah, I guess mostly taxes or I guess weather. You, know, you want to be in a warm warm state, yeah, yeah. warm state or something like that, but. You know, you take that out of it, and if, if all things were equal on that playing field, you know, I think you'd see a lot more people <clears throat> choosing to go to, to Canada. Yeah, and we had Brian Burke on yesterday, and he was saying, you know, I tell guys all the time, when your career is over, you'll look back and you'll be so thankful that you got to spend time in a Canadian market where hockey matters every single day. And, you know, you kind of echoed that thought. And I, I wanted to ask you about, to what extent do guys, or you in particular, go to to try and dissuade guys from leaving. I mean, it's very well documented that right now it sounds like Elias Lindholm's kind of on the fence as to what he wants to do for the rest of his career. Uh, 
Noah Hannafin sounds like he wants to leave, and it sounds like Backlund is very much unsure as to what his future is like. Do guys on the on the on the text thread that you have, or or do guys make phone calls to try and convince guys to stay, or is it strictly we all know it's a business decision, and these guys have to just make their own mind up, so you just leave them alone? Yeah, I mean, I think a little bit of both. I think at the end of the day, they're going to do what's best for them, and and I respect it, and everyone should respect you know, everybody's decision of what they believe is best for their family. Um, I, you know, my goal is, you know, be a good teammate, try to do what you can to have guys want to be around you and be playing with you. And, you know, I've certainly mentioned to to certain guys that, you know, it's one of those things where the grass isn't always greener and, you know, maybe it will work out great somewhere else. But, um, you know, I've always been of the mindset that if it's not broke, there's, there's nothing to fix. And if you're playing well and you have a, you know, if you have a strong career going, you know, making a lateral move doesn't always pay off, you know, in the way that you might think. Um, it, it could, but, you know, it's one of those things where why mess up a good thing if you've got it going. And, um, you know, we'd certainly love all three of those guys to say they're great players. They're really good teammates. Um, they would they would obviously add tremendous value to us next year and, and for years to come. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, you want them to want to be here and you want them to, to want to come to work and contribute and, and be part of our team. And, you know, it's going to, it's going to land on their shoulders to see kind of what they think is best for them. And, and like I said, if they want to go somewhere and, and try something new and be somewhere different, then, you know, I, I would respect their decision and understand it. And, you know, I know that Connie is, uh, doing the best job he can to, to help us be the most competitive team. Uh, what have your uh, interactions been like with Ryan Huska since being named the new head coach? Yeah, I spoke with him, uh, well, a little bit before he was named head coach and then and obviously after as well. And, um, you know, he reached out. He's, he's been vocal about, you know, wanting to, to change things up and, and, you know, have a different culture and just a different line of communication maybe than things were the previous couple of years. And it sounds like he's obviously really excited to, uh, to take things over here and get going. And, you know, I think he's going to have a great plan in place. I think he's, um, you know, he's, he's been a head coach, obviously he's been coaching at this level forever. So uh, we all have a lot of faith in him and um, you know, he's just, he's been proactive about kind of setting things up the way he wants to. We heard from him. Uh, just a few days ago as well, just, you know, obviously just echoing that excitement for the year and making sure guys are, are doing their part to come in and, and be ready and, and be contributors. And, um, you know, I think there's just going to be a lot more excitement, a lot more buzz. Um, just that's kind of the way it is, obviously, when there's turnover like this. And, and the two guys that were, you know, put into those positions are very easy to get along with guys and very uh, positive, high-energy guys. So, um, yeah, communication's been great with them, and I'm excited to work with them. Um, Blake, you're a guy, you won back-to-back uh, Stanley Cup championships. Obviously, culture was, I'd assume, a big thing with those Lightning teams. What, in your opinion, it makes a good culture with the guys in the room? Is it as easy as just saying winning, or what are some of the key things that y- you look for or feel in the room to make sure that you guys are heading in the right direction? Yeah, there's definitely a, a culture component, I think. The things that really stuck out to me about our, our two Cup teams were just uh, one, it, it was it was a really enjoyable experience to come to the rink. I mean, granted, we were winning a lot of games, so 
everything's a little bit better when you're winning, but even after losses, um, you know, everybody was just, everybody knew kind of what they needed to do. Everybody was very uh, good at self-evaluating on our team. You know, if a guy had a bad game, he was the first one to admit it, first one to know it. Um, and he would be one of the best players the next game. So it was just one of those, you know, everybody would hold themselves to high standard, very accountable. Um, you know, and if there ever was a slip on that, you know, players were holding each other accountable. It was, it was a player ran team and Coop would be the first to tell you that, you know, there were so many veteran players that just really understood it. Um, that the bus was kind of driving itself at that point. He just had to steer it, you know, the right way occasionally to keep us on track. But um, he just provided such a, a good environment there. You know, we, like I said, it was just always upbeat. You know, I'm one of those players that believes that you gain a lot of energy from, from having, you know, an enjoyment of being at the rink. I think it's one of those things that drives play, you know, whether individually and as a team, you know, you just, you want to come in, you want to work hard, you want to stay longer. Uh, it just ends up translating to, to better things on the ice. So, you know, I think those things are what they're trying to implement here. And, you know, I think it's going to make a big difference. And, um, you know, again, ultimately at the end of the day, it's on the players and it's guys have to understand um, how to be a good pro and understand how to, um, to work through slumps and work through, you know, losses and tough games, things like that, and uh, hold themselves to that standard. And that's kind of what leads to uh, everything running smoothly. You know, I was going to ask you just now about the infectious energy of a Craig Conroy and his enthusiasm and how that can help shape the culture moving forward. But but you kind of alluded to it also, just the energy in the room. How hard was it this year? Like, I, I remember talking to you, and you're a pretty upbeat guy. Well, you're, level, you're very level-headed, but late in the season, I, I, it was wearing on you and everybody that the frustration of just not being able to get the job done, especially in games when you really needed to get it done and should have got it done. Just tell me how, how hard that was at the end of the year to go through what you guys went through. Yeah, I think just, you know, we all wanted to win. I think, you know, we just put ourselves in such a tough situation. And I think, um, you know, I just think guys weren't playing to the level that, that uh, you know, they expected of themselves, that we expected of each other. And, you know, and then on top of that, it was just, um, you know, it was just a lot of negativity coming to the rink and whether it was players on players, staff on players, whatever it was, it just, things got harder as the year went on and, and we dug ourselves into a hole and, you know, it wasn't that we weren't working to come out of it. It was just, like I said, sometimes when it's a chore to come to the rink, it's hard to really get that energy up for games and, and play the way that you need to, to, to win games down the stretch. And, um, yeah, it was just a lot of frustration. It was, it's tough because, like you said, I, I try to stay pretty even keel, uh, win losses. I'm, I'm just at that point in my career where I understand it and, um, you know, I know how it is and it's a long season for a reason. And, you know, I think that, you know, as a younger kid, I didn't quite have that understanding of it. I had a lot of highs and lows, but. I'm sorry, John. It's tough. <laughs> I love it. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was just, it's just, uh, like I said, I think it's more that mindset and, you know, that energy is just so infectious and we just didn't quite have it. And, you know, ultimately we fell what one or two points short and, you know, there's a lot of things you could point to, but to me, that was a big one. 
Uh, Blake, uh, before I let you go, uh, we're coming up on the three-year anniversary of the bubble playoffs. Uh, just wanted to get your thoughts. Did that really happen, Blake? Was that real life? <laughs> I was just having this conversation the other day with somebody. It's just like this alternate universe. I felt like I kind of watched it as a movie, but uh, yeah, yeah, I guess it did happen. <laughs> it's, it's crazy that... Yeah, we'll have that forever in history. Uh, you ended up winning a Stanley Cup championship with it, which is just incredible. Uh, Calgary Flames forward Blake Coleman. Uh, Blake, uh, thanks for your time today, and we look forward to seeing you at Stampede next year, too. Yeah, yeah I'm looking forward to it myself. I appreciate it, fellas. Thank you. I'm going to be following up, Blake, because I need a photo of you and the boys in the yep. Canadian tuxedos. The that yep. needs to be seen. Yep. That needs to be seen. Good on you. I can make I can make that happen. Okay, All right, my man. Thank you. Thanks, Blake. There he goes. Uh, Blake Coleman, Calgary Flames forward. Uh, very candid. Very honest. Yeah, he's great. One of my favorite guys in that room. And uh, I think he's one of the favorite players in this city. Like, you know, mm-hmm. he's he does his job and he does it well. And I I, I can't say enough about the guy. And I, I know his wife was his wife was a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader. And uh, I mean, it doesn't get more Texan than that to marry no a kidding. Dallas Cowboy cheerleader. This guy's lived the most storybook life. And uh, if you go on YouTube, if you if you just Google it from his wedding, him and his wife choreographed a dance because she's I mean she's used to choreographing stuff sure. with the Cowboys. And he had his cowboy hat on, and but she told me that he'd never owned cowboy boots mm. before he moved to Calgary, even really? though he grew up in Texas. He'd had the hat, which is token, but he was never really that guy who wore cowboy boots well now now right. he's wearing them with the canadian tuxedo and, he's all in and i i, I want to see these photos also because blake has uh, I, if there's a guy in the nhl with bigger legs i'm not sure like <laughs> you know not that i walk around the dressing room going oh his legs are fine or right but you can't help notice blake coleman's legs yeah they're as big as i've ever seen in the national hockey league like marty jelena wishes he had blake <laughs> coleman's legs and so those in short shorts yep. would be hilarious so I need to see those. Uh, definitely got to see that. Um, do you want to ask Tim Hunter who the biggest legs he played with? No, let's not do that. Okay. Are you sure? <laughs> Are you sure? Because now I'm interested. Okay, we're going to ask All him. right. Uh, Tim Hunter next, Calgary Flames uh, legend, Stanley Cup champion. It's the big show, Russick and Rose. Sports at 960, the fan.